your fitness, your wellness, your overall well-being has way more to do than the size pants you wear. I've shared my own fitness journey on here before, episode 20, where I talk about how I came from diet pills to a strong mind and body. But of course, there was a lot of complications, a few steps forward and back along the way. I wish I would have had, when I was 20, the amazing Denica. She is who I'm interviewing on this episode. She is a yoga instructor, fitness guru, wellness, health, nutrition, all the things, and she's also a Christian. Make sure you stay till the very end because we also walk through a breath exercise that is super powerful. You might want to pin that for when you're having a stressful day. All right, you guys are going to love this episode. Here we go. Hey, my name is Katie Bulmer. I was your typical heartbroken and hungover sorority girl who looked for love in boys, Bacardi, and did I mention boys? After the breakup that broke me, I met the only man who can truly fulfill me. His name is Jesus. Shortly after that, I met my husband, the best example I have met of Jesus on this earth. Today, I have never been more sure I am right where I'm supposed to be on a mission to help today's young women find their life calling, stop dating dirtbags, and basically just be who I needed when I was younger. I've been called a big sis, an adopted mom, or my favorite title, a cool aunt. But however you think of me, get ready to be challenged and encouraged. This is the Truth For Your 20s podcast. Today, we are talking about health, viewing your beautiful body as a gift, and so much more. I am so pumped. I was like, girl, we got to stop talking and hit record because we're already getting to so many good things. But my new friend, Denica Spatafora, right? Yep. You crushed it. Yes. (laughs) Nailed it. Awesome. Go ahead and introduce yourself, my new friend. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me here. I love getting to chat with you even just for a second before we start recording. I'm just so thankful to be here. But yeah, like you said, my name is Denica and I am a Christian yoga instructor. I'm a life coach and I lead retreats through my company, Stand Unshaken. Um, We kind of have, you know, a bunch of different facets, but our underlying mission is really just to help women understand how to approach health from a holistic perspective. That's really in alignment with what God says it means to be healthy and how to care for our bodies. And just understanding that taking care of your body and caring about your health is so much more than just worrying about what you look like, but it's really about what being healthy enables you to do and the difference that you can make in the world when you are caring for yourself and when you feel your best. So we really kind of take a different approach to you know all areas of health. We do focus a lot on movement and nutrition, but we also talk a lot about the value of relationships, You know, your relationship with the Lord, with yourself, um, with the people in your life, and just kind of the habits that you have in everyday life. I think that's something that I see a lot of people missing and something I experienced was I was, you know, exercising super well, I was eating super well, and I was not healthy and I did not feel good. And when I finally shifted my perspective away from my weight and what I looked like and started just really considering health as something that would enable me to pursue God's calling, it totally changed everything. And so that is totally my heart. That is the heart behind my business and just a lot of the work that we do. How cool is the online space? First of all, I was just thinking yeah. about how I, I don't even know how we got connected, but we have a mutual friend, nutrition with Nyla. Yes, love Nyla. <laughs> Yes, I do too. She was on the podcast not too long ago. You'll have to scroll back and listen to her episode, you guys. But yeah, it's just kind of interesting once you kind of find this network of women helping other women find their best self. Like, I don't know, it's like a party and you get connected with amazing people like you. So 
I, I'm like grinning ear to ear over here about what <laughs> you do. Too. Oh, thank you. Okay. So what you said that I want you to repeat real quick before we got on the call, you used to be working with women kind of in their forties and fifties and rebuilding so many things because of the way they have abused their bodies or not taking care of themselves or whatever. And now what you do with women in their twenties primarily, like talk me through all of those things. Yeah, absolutely. So my mom is a fitness instructor and she kind of has like a whole health and wellness brand also approached from a Christian perspective. And so before I ever really got started with, you know, building my own business and all of that, I would help lead retreats for her. I had just gotten my, you know, Christian yoga certification. And so I would come to these retreats and I would teach yoga classes. My husband also used to be a chef. And so he would come and he would cook at the retreats. And so it was like truly a family affair and it was so fun. But what I really started to see at these retreats was a lot of women in their 40s, 50s, 60s, who just had still like, I I guess I always perceived, oh, body insecurity and issues like that, that's like a young person's problem. And then you just get older and that kind of resolves itself. But then I was meeting these women, I was coaching them and just having conversations with them, realizing that they were still carrying so much hurt and baggage, um, just whether it was how they had cared for their body or how they viewed their body and their worth. And just really the fact that like years and years of having kind of this broken perspective on what it means to be healthy had done a lot of damage for their, you know, confidence for their relationships. And so I started thinking like, if we can help women when they're in their late teens, 20s, like early 30s, like if we can help them earlier, imagine the years of pain that can be saved when they have that healthy perspective on their body. And then if you also want to talk about these women becoming mothers, well, now they can pass on a healthy perspective to their children, you know? And so there was just, I saw a lot of value in that. And that was kind of what pushed me to sort of go off on my own and create my own uh, health and wellness company and start doing retreats and all of that. I see a lot of different retreats that were either very um, faith focused or it was like a yoga retreat and there wasn't really like a deeper intentionality behind it. And I kind of wanted to create something that would bring those spaces together. And so that's really what like kind of launched me into the work that I do now was wanting to create a space to help women just like, we called it the reclaim retreat. That was the name of our first retreat, helping women reclaim their identity in the Lord and just take back the control over their body that came from a place of love, not from restriction or, you know, hating their body or any of that. And that's just carried over into my membership and my coaching and all of that. But getting to see the response that women have to like, oh, wait, health isn't just about losing weight or looking a certain way, like what it empowers you to do. Again, like I said at the beginning, health is just so much bigger than what we give it credit for. And so getting to work with women that are now younger, it's just my hope and prayer that their healing now will, again, help the families that they raise and the women that they become further down the road. This is so powerful. I, about a year ago, was introduced to a PhD of sexual health and got to do a lot of work with him and had like weekly calls and stuff. And I learned something, I don't know if you know or not, and just kind of realizing how impactful your work is. But he says that, and that's why kind of he was working with older women and kind of went to younger women as well, because what he learned is helping a woman be at her best health when she is um, ovulating and then eventually having children can affect up to three generations behind her, which was wow. on mind because talking about like how healthy her eggs are, mm-hmm. <laughs> which makes babies, which makes grandbabies like I, I right blew my mind. And so that's why he was like, Oh my gosh, if I can help young women be at their best health. And, and that means mentally too, which blew mm-hmm. my mind and viewing their body as a gift that can affect up to three generations. So first of all, 
mind blow. So there we go. Um, And then I would love for you to unpack what you have found, what it means to define health, because I think you're so right. A lot of times we like, we think health is a number on a scale or Mm -hmm. a lack of calories, but what does health mean to you? Because I know it's so much more. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, wow, my view of health has changed so dramatically over the past you know, I'd say probably like eight years when I was in my kind of junior year. And then a lot in my senior year of high school, I kind of started having some health issues, but I didn't know at the time that there was like underlying things going on. I just started to gain weight and I was feeling really sluggish and miserable. But what I thought and what I was told by many, many doctors, and I know that I'm not alone in this story of going undiagnosed, but you know, I'd go to doctors and be like, no, you're fine. You know, you're probably just eating more than you think you are. You're not exercising enough. And so I just internalized that as, oh, I need to like fight against my body because it's acting one way. And in order to be healthy, I just have to eat healthier and exercise more. And you can imagine that that is a very slippery slope. And I also, um, right after high school, I lived in New York City and I was training and working as a professional dancer. So being in that world didn't completely help either. Um, And I just, you know, spent so much time and energy that all I focused on was just losing weight. That was such a focus for me because of, you know, wanting to have that confidence in how I looked, but also because that's what, you know, people were telling me was healthy is when you look a certain way and you're thin and all of this. So that lasted for a few years. Eventually I did get diagnosed, figured out what was going on with my health and was able to heal that. And so the weight kind of came off more easily. And I was like, oh, okay, well now, you know, I'm healthy. I have these good habits around exercise and nutrition. Um, My body is kind of functioning the way I want. Like now I'm healthy. And then again, it was just this realization of like, wait a minute, this still isn't health. Health is so much more than just exercise, diet, and what you look like. And so I really started kind of digging into like, well, I thought this was what was going to make me happy and what would mean I was healthy and I just don't feel that way. So what's missing? And that is really what kind of led me to just a long period of exploring these different, you know, reading a lot of different things, listening to tons of podcasts and trying to understand health from a holistic perspective. And how we break it down at Stand Unshaken is we say that there are five pillars of holistic health. And obviously, there are so many other kind of micro elements, but these are the big ones that we focus on and that I believe really kind of encapsulate what holistic health is. And it's movement, nutrition, faith, relationships, and identity. And I really believe that if we can be healthy in each of those different areas, then we will actually experience the abundant health that God talks about. And so that was kind of what I started just trying to pursue in my own life was focusing, you know, okay, I've kind of got this movement nutrition piece figured out, but now I got to sort of heal this identity piece where I'm, I'm wrapping my identity up in the way that I look and the fact that I'm healthy and I'm fit and all of that. And so yoga was actually a tool that really helped me to heal that because I just started approaching my body with a lot more grace rather than expecting it to look a certain way. And yoga was also a tool that helped just totally revitalize my relationship with the Lord. And in that, I started to find my identity in Him and kind of broke past hearing the words, you know, find your value in God and actually started to experience what that meant. And it just really changed everything. So, you know, I could tell a hundred stories about each of these different pillars, but to me, that's really kind of the biggest picture of what health is. And if someone can just figure out healthy habits and healthy perspectives around each of those areas, I believe that all of us would be able to just live out our calling with a lot more joy and a lot more impact than we will otherwise. So good. Say those five pillars again. Yeah, it's movement, nutrition, faith, relationships, and identity. I was writing them down. Yeah. Okay. I, gosh, this is so good. I was actually working on a mini course where I was talking about relational health, uh, wellness and then mm-hmm. 
if you're taking some time, like a single time, the best time is to work on that best version of yourself. And I actually, I didn't name them all these things, but they're really kind of the same. And yeah, I don't know. I just love that you have kind of unpacked all of that. So I want to talk about healthy perspective of your body, because that is also like 20 books and podcasts to unpack. But I, you know, I work with 20 somethings, do a lot of mentoring. And that's something that comes up a lot is Mm -hmm. how do I have a healthier view of my body? How do I love that girl in the mirror? And I think it's so interesting. (laughs) There's so much to unpack, I know, but like the God of the universe made you with such great care. And Mm -hmm. in turn, we often look in the mirror and we're like, "Mm, I don't like it. So I don't know. I'm sure you have a lot to add to this conversation and I would love to hear it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think kind of what you just said right there at the end is the piece that is missing is like this understanding that God created you uniquely and specifically. Because I really believe that probably, particularly like in this culture, in this day and age, the biggest reason that people have such, you know, a harsh view of their body or so much unhappiness and resentment towards their body is because of comparison and because of what we see other people looking like. And that was definitely for me, it was just like always looking at other people and thinking, Oh, well, why don't I like look like her? Like, why aren't my legs like her legs? Like, why is her skin so nice? Like, why don't I look like what she looks like? And that was kind of like the first thing that I really had to start realizing was I have to learn to look my best and feel my best for what my body was created for. That is health for me. Trying to look like someone else probably isn't going to be healthy for me, nor is it necessary or attainable. And so kind of just letting go of the need to look like someone else and to stop comparing myself to others, that was kind of the first piece. And then I still had to turn inward and start learning to love the body that I did have, the body that God had given me and just recognizing, you know, this is the way that my legs look. This is the way that my face looks. These are these are how this is how God made me. These are the qualities and the, you know, appearance that I have been given. So let me learn how to love and celebrate that while also caring for it. Because I think there's kind of this culture of, you know, love your body just the way that you are, which means we kind of just let go and we don't care for ourselves. And I think that there's just a really fine balance there that you can absolutely love your body and care for your body at the same time. And that even if you don't love your body, you should still choose to care for it. And so I think if people could kind of find pathways through both of those, breaking down those, you know, traps of comparison, don't worry about what someone else looks like, learn to just focus on and celebrate your body, and then just becoming able to have a healthy perspective on that and focusing on things that don't have anything to do with your appearance, focusing on, you know, strength or just your energy, how you feel like what your body enables you to do. Again, that's something I love about yoga is just like the fact that it puts so much emphasis on like, just think about your breath. Like breath is a gift. Just being able to like walk around this earth is such a gift from God. And if your body enables you to do that, then that is something to be celebrated, even if you don't think it looks the way that you would ideally want it to look. Um, And so I feel like when with most of the conversations that I have with women who are trying to heal this, it's like, let's learn to celebrate your body and figure out what health looks like for you. And then also just kind of detach yourself from the fact that your appearance doesn't define you. You are defined by what you're able to do and your health is what allows you to walk in that calling that God has called you to. So again, so many things that I could say on this topic could break down each of those so much more, but I feel like those are kind of the biggest things that helped me and that I see other people struggling with. I am like taking notes over here because I want to talk about, <laughs> we could, this could be a 30 hour podcast. Like there's so many just things. Do a book, like a full audio book. <laughs> I know. Okay. Well, one thing I do know that I want to say is 
I heard this somewhere and it was how Chinese artists, and I don't know why specifically um, Chinese, will put a flaw, an intentional flaw in all of their painting, sculptures, any form of art, because that way it makes it more valuable, they say. And then I've also heard kind of with that same in, you know, idea that collectors, people who, you know, antique or whatever, if they find a rare item and it has a flaw in it is even more valuable. For example, like say it's the hundredth episode of a Spider-Man comic book. And it was the one that has the typo in it. Well, there was only like a hundred copies of that. So it's like super valuable. Mm-hmm. And anyway, thinking of it that way and like, oh my gosh, I don't really like my nose, but <laughs> that one flaw, like it just makes you more valuable. So just kind of like, yeah. s- I don't know, s- um, twisting that thinking in a good way, shifting that thinking is the word I'm looking for. Yeah, is- Absolutely. Yeah, just a really healthy way to look at it. But another thing you said that I want to touch on is it, it's true. There is this culture of love the skin you're in. And of course, like I agree with that and stuff. But then, you know, there's a fine line of like love the skin you're in. But if you're at, at an unhealthy, if you're not taking care of yourself in an unhealthy weight, like, yes, you're beautiful, but like working on becoming healthy, not because the scale and not because of what you look like in a bikini, but because of your best future self. And that's complicated and that's tricky. Right. And I mean, I don't know. I'm just curious what you want to say about that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I think it comes back to reminding ourselves that health is about so much more than our appearance, whether it's in kind of a positive or negative way is you can look however you want to look. And there are some people that just like their, you know, base level healthy weight is maybe a lot higher than other people. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're sacrificing or giving up, like choosing to care for yourself, so because you don't care about what you look like, you're sacrificing a lot more than your appearance. Because again, appearance is really secondary to what you know, being able to do what we were created to do. And that is, again, unique for each and every person. But if you're not taking care of your mental health, your physical health, your relationships, how you view yourself, it doesn't matter what your appearance looks like. You could be the most beautiful person in the world, but you're just not going to be able to make an impact in this world. And I really believe that you'll probably end up, you know, just missing out on a lot of the joy and the peace that was promised to us. And so I think for people who are like, you know what, I don't care what I look like. I'm not going to worry about it. It's like, okay, that's fine. Good. You shouldn't really care what you look like, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't care about your ability to serve people, to love people well, to walk in your calling and all of that. And so I think that we have to remember that waking up early to journal, making time in the day to go for a walk, choosing to eat nutritious food. It's not about how you look. It's about the energy that you have and the way that you're able to show up in your life as the best version of yourself. And that's something that none of us should ever want to sacrifice. Isn't Denica so cool? I just love her and I love this episode. We are not done yet, but I want to make sure I let you know that she is graciously offering our listeners a free seven-day trial to her membership. Her membership program is super cool. It's a Christian holistic health membership designed to help you become healthier in all areas of life. So it's not just like a number on a scale like she talks about. We look at all the areas. And the coolest part is she has a community of others who will help support you every step of the way. So make sure you check out that free trial at the show notes of this episode. You can just scroll down and you will see a link super easy peasy to go ahead and click on. And when you do send it myself or Denica a DM, I want to encourage you and cheer you on through this health journey. I know for me, my health journey has been all over the place and I wish I would have had this resource, this membership when I was younger. So I hope you enjoy it. And here's to the rest of the episode. 
I wrote down appearance is secondary. I think that that's the key Mm -hmm. because yeah, I mean, if it's like, you know, a mom who isn't a healthy enough weight where she can take care of her kids and play around the backyard, like that's a problem. But if you are a supermodel and you're starving yourself, that's also a problem. Like, you know, appearance is, is secondary. And I think that the health, whether no matter what the scale says, no matter what you look like, um, in a bikini, like a hundred percent, how, how it affects the other areas of your life. So, oh my gosh, so many things I want to talk about. Okay. (laughs) You are a yoga instructor and you are a Christian. And I have had this conversation and people have asked me questions as well, because I'm the same, but this is like your, your jam. Like I, I teach one day a week at the gym, honestly, just so I can get a free membership and I love yoga, but it's not like, you know, something I do a lot anyway, but, but people have questions about that and people Mm -hmm. raise their eyebrows. So tell me your perspective on all of that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is definitely something that I have had a ton of conversation around, mostly positive, sometimes not so positive. Sometimes it's just a lot of criticism. But the biggest thing that I see is that people just have a misconception about what yoga is. And so what I tell people is that yoga absolutely can be Christian. You can practice it from a Christian perspective. There's a lot of practices of yoga that overlap with what scripture says. However, not every practice of yoga is Christian yoga in the same way that we can maybe have a church service that looks one way, or we could attend a service that looks very similar, but it's for a different religion. Well, that doesn't mean that our service is invalid. It just means that we have to do it in a way that is, you know, focused on our religion and what we believe. And that's really what I try to do with yoga. And what I encourage people to do as well is like, if you're interested in trying yoga and you're a Christian and you're worried about that, then do Christian yoga because it is different from what you might find in some secular studios or just kind of other videos online. Now, some some yoga classes are taught just completely neutral. There's no religious uh, or really spiritual connection at all. It's just a physical practice. But there is a lot of opportunity to kind of overlap our practice again with what scripture says with meditation, meditating on the word of God, spending time in stillness and in quiet and, you know, opening our mind up to the Lord. That's another big thing that I hear is people will say like, well, you're opening your mind or your body up to like these other gods. Like, well, I believe that there is one God and that is the God that I am choosing to open up my mind to. And if my heart is there and my intention is there, I believe that God is bigger than anything else. And so even though I personally believe that the postures and the practice of yoga does not point away from Christianity. I also believe that if God is in your space, then anything can be used for him. And I always add the clarifier of like, y'all, be smart. Not anything can be redeemed for like, the, okay, anything can, but that doesn't mean we're supposed to just like go out there and do all these horrible things that are obviously going against what scripture says and just being like, God can redeem it. Like, that's not what I'm saying, but I do believe that God is like where your heart is. And if your heart is postured after him and is desiring to connect with him, then I believe that yoga can be a great tool to help you do that because I've experienced it and I've seen it with so many other women as well. Our culture is so rushed and hurried and busy that we miss time with the Lord. Even our quiet time, our relationship with God can be very active. And yoga is a way that is very mentally kind of still and quiet. And it just created for me and for these people I've seen, like it creates space in your life to hear God's voice maybe more clearly than you do in other areas. And again, yoga is not the end all be all to finding that connection with the Lord, but creating a space of stillness and quiet, I really do believe is essential to our relationship with Christ. Yoga is just a tool that for me personally allowed me to find that um, in the best way and really did change my relationship with God and helped me view it as this, this conversation that I would hear people talk about. It's like I start my practice with prayer 
And then I listen for God's voice while I move. And guess what? He speaks. And it's really, you know, pretty consistently a powerful space for me to just be reminded of who he says I am, who he is, and to kind of find peace and clarity about different questions that I have or things coming up. So yeah, I'm, I'm very passionate about this practice and how it has transformed my relationship with the Lord. I completely agree. And my own personal journey with yoga is very similar. And I think but yeah, I think it's what you choose to focus on. You know, you can, anyone, like if you're just going to get still and meditate, you can choose to worship nature. You can choose to worship Buddha or what you like, or you can choose to worship God. And I think that um, for me, the practice of stealing my mind, which I always say when you do Savasana, which is the end of a yoga class, if you don't know, uh, well, I know that, you know, but if the listeners don't know, I always say that that's the hardest pose because you have to still your mind. Anyway, I think that learning that practice is just really powerful, but I would love for you to talk about the power of breath. You mentioned this, but this is also something that I'll learn in yoga. And I think that you would be kind of an expert in this area. You do it every day, but you don't think about and how to focus on breathing and how powerful that is. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that I found so interesting, and it's like, what if you know much about the body and the systems of the body, it just makes so much sense. But I think as someone who, you know, if someone isn't in that space, this could be like, oh, wow, this information is very surprising to me. But your breath is such a powerful tool on like a physical level. Um, when you are panicked and nervous and stressed, you breathe small, you breathe small, short breaths right up in your chest, and it tells your body, hey, we're panicking, we're in a state of stress, something is wrong because we're breathing really shallow. But if you reverse that and you choose to breathe really deep and heavy, your body is recognizing that as a signal that you are at peace, that you are safe, that it is okay, and that helps to just reduce your stress levels. I mean, this is again, like literally on a physiological level, when you slow your breath, it changes your mind. It's not just like this, oh yeah, you'll feel better. It's like, well, you'll feel better because you're telling your body, hey body, we should feel better because it's safe and we're good here. Um, and another thing that I heard once that I absolutely loved was that we can't even breathe without worshiping the Lord because the Lord is the one who created our breath. And when we recognize our breath and the breath of God that flows through us, just a really beautiful act of worship of like, this kind of physical example of the fact that the Holy Spirit is in us, like God lives in us. He gave us this breath. And when you sit down and you recognize the breath, you recognize God in you. And so I think like those two things alone, it's just shows you the value of like, man, sitting down to take time to focus on your breath. This isn't some like hippie little suggestion, like, oh, just do it for fun. You'll feel better. It's like, you're actually changing what's taking place in your body. And it's such a beautiful way to really just be reminded of the fact that God is in us and that we are his creation. Um, and so I just love that. So when I do yoga, that's what I'm thinking about. And it to me is just such a beautiful way to connect with my own body, but also to connect with the Lord. I think that that's the, if I had to narrow down one thing that's changed my life from yoga, it would be the power of our breath. And it's something that I've taught our daughters, I've taught our husband. And for us, it's like, it, like what you said, if you get panicked or like if our daughters like fall and hurt themselves, oh, you know, like that yeah. initial free, like slow, deep breaths, slow, deep breaths. And that's something that like we, we do all the time. And then another thing I um, have taught them and myself is when you're falling asleep at night and your brain is going a million different directions, focus on your inhale and focus on your exhale. Simple, but profound. And I, that's what I do every night before I go to bed. I'm like, inhale, 
And, and like, you know, your brain will start to be, oh, this, that, and the other. Wait, wait, wait. Inhale and exhale. Again, simple mm-hmm. but profound. And next thing I know, it's morning time. <laughs> I know. Sound sleep and you wake up feeling so much better. Yes, it's such a great tool. And it's something that I use just like kind of even daily. If I'm, you know, working on something and I'm starting to feel a little frantic and a little stressed, I'm like, Denica, if you take 30 seconds to breathe, you're going to slow your brain down. You're going to slow your body down. We're going to reapproach this. You're going to feel better. And I'll just like one hand on the chest, one hand on the belly and just take a few deep breaths. And it's just really powerful. I mean, it truly works. It helps center your mind and your body so much. And it's just, yeah, it's like the easiest. It's free. You don't need any equipment. You can do it anywhere. You're already doing it. You might as well just do it with a little bit of intention. And um, I think it can really change, you know, your immediate circumstance as well as kind of helping you be able to connect to that feeling of peace more easily when you are feeling anxious or you can't sleep or you're hurt or whatever it is. Um, now that we're all breathing deeply anyways, because that's what we're talking about. <laughs> I am wondering if you have maybe a Christian meditation that we could do real quick, like just something that you walk people through that just kind of focuses your brain and kind of, you know, eases tension throughout the day. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my goodness. This is one of my favorite things that I always talk about in my yoga classes that I teach my clients and just like love to share with people. And it's fun too, because you can really customize it. So some people are familiar with it. Some people are like, what on earth are you talking about? But it's the concept of breath prayer. Um, And it is exactly what it sounds like. You just focus on the breath, but you pair either a word or a phrase with each inhale and each exhale. And so not only are you slowing the breath and focusing on all those things we just talked about, but you're also speaking truth over yourself. So there's so many different ways that you can do this where some of the common ones that I use in my classes is like, I exhale fear and I inhale peace or I, you know, inhale, be still, exhale, and know that I am God. And so we can do that if you guys want to. You can kind of, I'll let people pick your own phrase, but we'll just do like three deep breaths. Um, So take a moment, pick a phrase, whatever truth you need to be reminded of today. And we're going to pair one phrase with the inhale or one word with the inhale and one phrase or word with the exhale. We'll just take a couple deep breaths. So we're going to do it for real. If you're driving, don't close your eyes. But if you can close your eyes, I recommend closing your eyes. If you want, you can place one hand on your belly and one hand on your chest. And then take a moment to just kind of shake out any wiggles, find some stillness. And then working to make each inhale and exhale as deep as you can, we'll inhale through the nose. And then exhale out through the mouth, releasing your air so you can hear it. And then two more times, we'll inhale. Exhale. One more time, inhale and exhale. And truly just with that amount of time and with that amount of effort, you can notice a difference in your body and in your spirit. Like I was leading it and I still feel it. So hopefully if someone is doing this and not leading it, they also just get to feel like, wow, that was, I'm settled. I am calm. I can focus. There's more peace than there was 30 seconds ago. Oh, that was so good. When I first started my yoga journey, I had a friend named Kim who had an autoimmune disease and she like focused super into holistic healing and all kinds of stuff. And what she taught me was similar to what you just said. And it was through the fruits of the spirit. So it was like, I accept your peace. Peace washes over me with the inhale and the exhale. Like I I accept joy. I accept patience. I accept kindness, gentleness, all the fruits of the spirit Mm -hmm. is I accept them and they wash over me with each inhale and exhale. And 
yeah, I mean, just I as we that. experience there, like <laughs> talk about a game changer. And I love also hand on the heart and hand on their belly because yeah, feel the beating of your heart and the rise and fall of your breath. I'll get teary eyed sometimes because yeah. I'm like, how often do I think about how cool it is that my heart beats and that my, you know, my breath comes in and out, like almost never. But when I take time to focus, it's just, it's amazing. All of that stuff going in on our body. <laughs> it really is so amazing. And I think that's kind of another misconception around health that, you know, I try to be intentional about educating people about is it doesn't have to be hours a day. It doesn't have to be this massive lifestyle overhaul or this extreme thing. It's just about these little shifts throughout the day, changing, you know, your the first 10 minutes of your morning, incorporating deep breathing in throughout your day, choosing to spend time with people if it's not something that you do naturally in your routine. Like these small shifts are what lead up to health. I think people are like, okay, I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to be in the gym for like an hour and a half every day. And I'm like, never going to eat pizza again and all of this stuff. And it's like, girl, you don't have to do that. Trust me, I did that. And I was not healthy. And now I love pizza. I eat all kinds of foods. I don't exercise crazy amounts of time at all. But these small tools of like the breath, prioritizing your relationship with the Lord, creating space for stillness, investing in healthy relationships, like those are the things that will change your life. And they really don't take much time. You know, again, we saw 30 seconds of breath and you can feel so different. Imagine if you're doing that, you know, five or 10 times throughout your day, how that's going to change the whole pace of your day the whole pace of your life. And then again, we can get into how that changes the way that you raise children, the way that you pour into other people. I mean, that's why these little micro shifts are so important. And it doesn't have to be hard. Anybody can do it with no tools, no equipment, just a little bit of intention. You can totally change your whole life and it doesn't have to be difficult. Ah, this is this is so fun. Okay. I'm wondering if you could give us like little short, easy ways to get started. So probably mm-hmm. everyone listening is more equipped or better versed in one area of health than the other. Like maybe you're really awesome at working out. Maybe you have really healthy relationships, but you struggle in identity and nutrition or whatever it may be. But maybe with those pillars of health that you talked about, just like what you can start today, just like little ways to get started and how, and kind of get that holistic view of health. Yeah, absolutely. So um, one thing I do at my retreats and then with my, you know, the clients that I work with, and it's actually, if you join my membership, it's the very first thing that I encourage people to do, which is to take this wheel of life assessment. And basically what it is, is it's a kind of a tool that helps you score yourself in each of those five different pillars. It's done in a way that's a little bit roundabout. So you're not just thinking, oh, how healthy am I in movement? Put a number to it. We have you ask certain questions and kind of think about your routines, where you want to be compared to where you're at. And you really actually get numbers for each of those areas. And then what we say is, okay, look at your numbers here. You don't necessarily have to start with the lowest one, but hopefully this has helped you find some awareness around where the gaps are. And then you go from there. And I really encourage people that if you're someone who is looking to really change their life and become a lot healthier, don't try and do it all at once. Focus on one area at a time or just a handful of habits at a time and let those really stick before you move on to the next section. So in the membership, we have it broken down where you'll like, you know, figure out which pillar you want to start with. And then we have specific courses and content that speak to that pillar. Um, But you can also kind of pick and choose and do it however you want. So whether you do the assessment or not, I think the biggest thing is to first get awareness. So to really ask yourself questions about where am I at in each of these different areas and figuring out where's the biggest gap and what is one, two, maybe three things that you can start doing this week to become healthier in that way. Okay. Once you've really locked those in and they're part of your routine and part of your habits, 
now move on to either the next pillar or the next step within that pillar. Um, but really taking it in bite-sized pieces. And I think having those categories to put it in helps people not just take this like holistic again, oh, it's very overwhelming. I have to do all these different things in order to be healthy. It's like, let's just take one step closer in one area. And then next month, we'll focus on something else. And then just kind of building upon there, it's a lot more sustainable and it's a lot more enjoyable. Okay, that sounds magical. How can people get their hands on that? Yeah, absolutely. So if you just go to my website, you will find it there. It's just going to be right on the homepage. Um, and the website is just standunshaken.com. So super simple. You can take the assessment and just really start to get kind of, again, like that awareness, that picture of where am I at in life? What should I get started with? And we offer some kind of tips and suggestions around if this is, you know, what you scored in this area, maybe this is where you should get started. I love that you give you, first of all, you have such a holistic view of health, obviously that's like what you do, but you know, just encourage that 1% change. I'm sure you probably heard it yeah. said, you know, if you change, if you're doing a hundred mile journey, but if you change 1%, you're going to end up a completely different direction mm-hmm. than, you know, just keeping all things the same. So yeah, not getting overwhelmed. I'm, <laughs> I'm an Enneagram three. Do you know your Enneagram number? Yeah, I'm a three as well. <laughs> that's oh, girl. Like, this okay. stuff is important because I am more prone to do what I'm telling you not to do than most people yeah. are. <laughs> So to fill listeners in, Enneagram threes are ambitious to a fault. And we're like, oh, we're going to just rehaul our entire health journey, like in the next hour, like I'll be right back. And we're like, simmer down, simmer down, sister, because obviously that's unrealistic, unattainable, and we'll just make us all frustrated. So I I love that you're kind of like, okay, you know, relationships, identity, nutrition, all the things and taking a one or 2% change can completely change your life and where you want to end up. So, and again, it's not like a settling for like, Oh, I'm going to do this in this way because it's just going to feel better or it's easier. It's like, no, it's actually going to work better. You're going to notice more of a difference if you focus on these small things and doing it in a way that's really sustainable. I mean, there's something like, you know, 90% of diets, I can't remember the exact statistic, but like 90% of diets fail. It's like, well, yeah, because we're, we're humans and we're, we're creatures of routine and of habit. And if we try to change everything at once, it's like our whole system just kind of crumbles. But if you just make small shifts within that system, like you said, again, that hundred mile journey, if you're just small shift, small shift, you're moving yourself closer towards where you want to be. And so it doesn't have to be overwhelming. And it's actually a much more effective approach than trying to do the, I'm going to be a new person in, you know, 45 minutes. Yes. And I, I've heard, I've read Atomic Habits. Have you heard of that book? Yes. Love that. Oh, right. So good. And I, I'm just, as what you're talking about, as it relates to that, identifying ourselves as healthy people. Like, I wonder if you could just talk about that for a second, because I think that a lot of times the breakdown is, oh, well, I'm not pretty. I'm not the kind of person who works out. I don't have a strong faith. And then if you identify with that, then of course you are not going to focus on getting stronger in these areas. So switching the way we view ourselves And then, you know, developing these areas of health, I would just love for you to speak to that for a second. Oh my goodness. I wish you could see me over here. I'm just like nodding so big. (laughs) I'm like, yes, I could go off about this. This I would say is like with almost every single person that I coach, I have like a little onboarding form that people fill out when we start coaching. And one of the things that I say on there is, you know, historically, what has been the biggest obstacle that has kept you from getting where you want to go? And they always say, well, you know, I quit or I get discouraged. I just don't have a lot of motivation. And so I just don't believe that I can do it. And so what I always like literally almost every single client I've ever worked with, what we start with is you need to believe that you are capable of doing what you say you're going to do. You need to re 
like kind of build your confidence in yourself that you can be a healthy person. You can make healthy decisions. You can stick to your goals. You can stick to your habits. And so what I try to encourage people to do is I'm like, pick something that feels attainable, even if it's small, because right now, what's most important is not the change that you're making through that goal. It is the change that's taking place internally because you're going to believe in yourself and you're going to say, guess what? I can actually show up and go to the gym three times a week because I said I was going to do it and I did it for the past month. So next time when you are feeling like you need to write a book, when the Lord is calling you to write a book, you're going to be like, I can write a book because guess what? I showed up and I went to the gym and it's the same thing. It's choosing to show up for myself every single day. And so I think that there are so many people who have tried to become healthy and have failed and think that it's just not for them. It's like, no, girl, you have to rebuild your confidence and you got to set yourself up for success to do that, which is why starting small makes it a lot easier. I've told this story before, but uh, a couple of years ago, I set a goal to run a thousand miles in a year. I am not a runner as much as I love fitness. I do not enjoy running. I didn't plan to do a single race. I wasn't trying to get faster. I just picked something where I said, in order to do this, I'm going to have to show up every single day and run about three miles. And so through that exercise, you know, I didn't know it at the time. It was just something like an exercise in discipline. But when I started my business and I had these moments where I'm like, I just don't know if I can show up again tomorrow. Like, God, I'm tired. I don't know if I can do it. I remind myself, I'm like, but what about that year that I woke up early and I went and ran three miles or when I like was tired after work, but I still went and I ran three miles. It was because I was proving to myself that I could be disciplined and it has served me so well in my business. And of course, I'm speaking to this from a very like self-centric perspective, like we always have to be inviting God into the process. His partnership with us in that is going to be the biggest determiner of our success. But on a very practical level, if you don't rebuild your confidence and you don't learn that you are capable of doing hard things, it's always going to be a lot harder to show up for yourself. So start small, prove to yourself that you can do what you say you're going to do, and you will be shocked by what you can accomplish simply by knowing that you can do what you say you're going to do. I like, you can probably hear it in my voice. I'm so passionate about this because it truly has changed my perspective. And the biggest breakthrough I see with my clients is when they're like, Tenika, I did it. Like for the past month, I did what I said I was going to do. And then when we go to set goals, they have this new level of energy around it because they're like, I'm actually going to achieve these. Like, oh my gosh, my life is actually going to change because I know that I'll show up for myself. Um, So I think that's just like absolutely foundational to creating healthy habits is learning to believe that you're the kind of person who chooses health, who chooses discipline, who chooses to honor their word, who chooses to show up for themselves um, and just going for it. I'm over here like you were a second ago, (laughs) nodding my head like crazy. One of the quotes I pulled from that book is essentially what you just said. Atomic Habit says, identify who you want to be and prove it to yourself daily with small wins. And that's with everything, you know, all of these areas you talked about, relationship, identity, nutrition, faith, proving to yourself that you are that type of person. I am a healthy person and I'm going to prove it to myself by choosing this instead of this, by waking yeah. up, by doing the hard thing, by pushing myself up. Yeah, like, yes and amen. I think too on that vein, it's really important to remember that like you are your healthy version. So like I'm a morning person. I love to get up early. That is just for how I start my day. I do my walk. I have a very kind of stereotypical like healthy person routine. I wake up early. I journal. I drink my tea. I go for a walk. But I tell my clients, I'm like, if you're not a morning person, that doesn't rule you out from being healthy. You don't have to be that kind of 
of healthy person. You get to be your kind of healthy person. But what that means is just being honest with yourself. Where are you being lazy? And where are you just kind of leaning into how you were created and working within that? And so, you know, if you're someone who's like, okay, you know what, I'm going to do it, I'm going to commit to it, I would really encourage you to just still be really experimental and find what works for you. Your healthy is not my healthy. It's not someone else's. There might be overlap or it might be totally different, but you do have to figure out what works for me and then be committed to actually doing that. Yes, you're healthy. I Again, I've told the story before too, but my husband ran a race here in the Chattanooga area and I, my, my daughters and I volunteered to pass out medals at the end. And it was the most beautifully emotional experience for me because first of all, I live with a runner. I know what goes into the training. I know like, you know, the early morning runs, even when it's hot, even when it's whatever you getting up and you doing the dang thing. And so we're passing out medals and to every single person, whether they were the first or the last. And I saw like a blind woman running with a guide. We mm. saw a set of three best friends in their eighties who were doing it because wow. it was on their bucket list. I mean, there was a couple who the guy proposed at the end of the race, like just all of these beautiful goals. And I'm like, you know, just crying over here, looking at all of these people who did the dang thing and showed up even though it was hard and first forward. And again, you know, there were so many different sizes and ages and race times and record breaking versus super slow. Like I didn't care. I was just like, I was so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Like putting the medal on every single person. So anyway, I love what you just said about that. Your version of health. That's so beautiful. Yeah, of course. I mean, because again, all of their training plans probably looked totally different, but they ended up yeah. getting to this same place of health. And, you know, that's really what's most important is are we getting ourselves set up well to do the things that we were created to do to live the best life that we can doesn't really matter how you get there as long as you're doing it in a way that's just god honoring and honors who you are and what your body wants they all cross the finish line they, that's right mm -hmm. um okay i could talk to you for three more hours but tell us how we can get in all the good things that you have on the online world your instagram all of that good stuff yeah, absolutely. So the places that I am most present is on YouTube and Instagram, um, which on YouTube, it is Stand Unshaken. On Instagram, it is I Stand Unshaken, which was, of course, the Stand Unshaken handle was taken. So I had to work with that a little and it does confuse people, but it's just I Stand Unshaken. And then our website is standunshaken.com. I love that title, by the way. That's beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, my first kind of company that I launched was Unshaken Yoga. And then when I wanted to expand it to include more of like a holistic approach, I was like, let's keep the unshaken because that there was a verse that really was key for me in that and then um, expanded it into Stand Unshaken, which I just love the, the picture of kind of strength and of having that very solid foundation so that you can build up and have a foundation that will be unshaken. You have a beautiful Instagram, by the way, as well. Thank you. you. Know, it <laughs> It makes a difference how people come across on the online world and you are doing beautiful things. And I just love all of it. Oh my gosh. I appreciate well, that so much. I'm not yes. a very aesthetic person. So to hear that just makes me smile very much. Thank you. Yes. Well, I think that it's, you know, there's a difference between curated, like yeah. fake beauty and realistic, helpful goodness. And you're the second one. <laughs> well, thank you so much. You're so sweet. I really appreciate that. Yes. Okay. Denica, I have to ask you a final question before we go. As you know, this is a truth for your twenties podcast. Yes. So I would love to know if you could have coffee with your 20 year old self, what would you say? Uh, I feel like I would just want to shake her and be like, one, it's going to be okay. 
because that's when I was like in the midst of all my biggest health struggles and just that like you're going to find healing. Health is available to you. And so for anybody, I think that struggles with health, whether it's something that's diagnosed, undiagnosed, or just feels this general sense of unwellness, health is available for you and it doesn't have to be difficult. I think my my earlier self was trying to make it so hard and it didn't have to be so hard and it would have just been a lot more enjoyable if I knew then what I know now. And how old are you now, if you don't mind me asking? Because you're not too much above 20. I'm not. I'm 26. <laughs> so a bit above, but not much. You've learned a lot in these six years, my friend, and oh, you're yeah. doing such great things for the universe. Thank so thank you so much for being here. And I cannot wait to share this episode. Of course. Thank you so much. This was wonderful. Right? Wasn't she so cool? So through the month of August, I am doing a giveaway. Anytime you share this episode on your social and tag me at Katie Bulmer Life on Instagram, I am giving away a brand new Truth For Your 20s notebook and tote bag. So all you have to do is just take a screenshot. Hey, I really like this episode. Tag me and I'll pick a winner each week to send a brand new notebook and a tote bag that say Truth For Your 20s podcast are both really cute. I'm loving seeing you guys share these on social media. All right, so go ahead and share the truth for your 20s love, and I can't wait to hang out with you again next week.